Hi, welcome to the Bridge Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following message. For more information on all that's happening at the Bridge Church, please visit www.bridge-church.com. This morning is is I want you to leave here with a message. Um, in your heart that you meditate on this week and that you begin to um, seek for opportunities to trust God. A lot, of t- a lot of times we don't look for those opportunities because we don't want our trust to be tried. Amen. And sometimes we unwittingly put ourselves into situations where because of our own words, we've backed ourselves into a corner and we have to, it's like, God, you need to get me out of this corner because I said you would do this for me. I said, th- I said this to someone about you, and here I am, and now it's the test, the trial, to see if I really trust you. And so um, sometimes God gives us opportunities to trust him. Sometimes we just get ourselves into positions where we really need to trust him. Amen. So I, wanna, I want to read Psalm 20 to you. And it says there in Psalms 20, may the Lord answer you when you're in distress. May the name of the God of Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. May we shout for joy over your victory. And lift up our banners in the name of our God. May the Lord grant all your requests. Now here we start with the the real meat. Verse 6. Now this I know. Now this I know. The Lord gives victory to his anointed. He answers him from his heavenly sanctuary. With the victorious power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots. And some trust in horses. But we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall. But we rise up and we stand firm. Lord, give victory to the king and answer us when we call. What a great psalm. You know, here's here's the psalmist here says, Now this I know. In other words, I made a choice to believe this. This I know. Some trust in chariots. Some trust in horses. You know, chariots and horses represented great power. They were formidable um, things in the days of old. And the more chariots and the more horses you had, yeah, who's going to come? Don't even try come against me. Look at what I have here. These chariots, they'll go, it's like the film Gladiator. They chop you in bits just even getting in close to them. And horses, horses were never agricultural in those days. They were war, for war. They would, they would use their paws or hooves. <laughs> yeah, and so the horses and the chariots. So some made a choice to trust in them, but God's people trust in the name of the Lord. Amen. Isaiah 31 from verse 1 says, Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help. Here's Egypt coming up again. And stay on horses and trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong. But they look not unto the Holy One of Israel, neither do they seek the Lord. 
Wow. Some people were going back to Egypt for help. Some people go back for help. Have you ever, it's a saying that we're familiar with, oh, go back and get help. Go back and get help. But our help comes from above. Look unto the hills from where your help comes. Fear not, stand still and look up. This morning's message is not about receiving the help from your brother or your sister, because that's what we're here for, to help you. This morning's message is to get our eyes more fixed on God and trust in him. Deuteronomy 17, 16, he shall not multiply horses. Though he might have horses for his own use, he was not to have many horses for his officers and his guards. So this is talking about the king. He was not to amass lots of chariots and horses, all right? Because as soon as you, the more of them you have, the more you put your trust in them. So in Deut- you can read in Deuteronomy 17, 16, he's told, do not multiply your horses. One of the reasons why the instruction was don't increase the amount of horses is because the Egyptians were horse traders. So when you wanted the finest horses, where did you go? Egypt. And God is saying, I don't want you to go back to Egypt because when you go back to Egypt, you're going to start doing deals there. You're going to start interacting with them again. You're going to start corresponding and communicating with them again. And I told you that they were here today. They're gone now. You've been delivered out of Egypt. Don't go back to do shady horse deals <laughs> in, in Egypt. Amen? So the, God says to them, don't return that way again because you'll end up in idolatry again if you go back to Egypt. Amen? Isn't it amazing? You know, who's, whenever you, I guess, when it comes to choices, if you ask the, if you ask the Wayne, you know, is your mom and dad's choice for you better than your own? What's the Wayne going to say? No, I'll make, I'll, I'll choose. I'm going to make up my own mind. You know, God has, cho- God has choices for us. He wants to see us make choices in, that lead us into his ways. But we overrule God's choices for our lives and we decide to choose. It's like the word presents God's ways to us. So God's ways we find in his word. Amen? These would, if you want to know, God, what would you choose for my life in this situation? Where would you find that? You'd find it in his word. That's where we find God's choices for our life. Amen? So imagine this, you're, you're, you go to a restaurant with, with a friend, a buddy, okay? And you're choosing a meal, but you're going to share the meal, all right? Does anyone do that? You're going to share the meal, and you're sitting there, and you're looking at the menu, and your friend says, um, oh, look at this. Um, oh, and look at that. And you're like, hmm, you know, you're trying to choose this meal. You think, well, what do you think we should have? And you say to your friend, oh, I don't know, you choose. Has anyone ever done that before? You choose. And uh, then the normal response is, are you sure? Are you sure? No, 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 that's fine. You choose. Okay. In the meantime, 
in the back of your mind, you're thinking, I hope she doesn't choose that. <laughs> so you're like, oh, no, everything's fine. You choose. But somewhere deep inside, you're like, I really hope she doesn't choose that or that or that. You can imagine that we exchange in the restaurant, yeah? And so this is what sometimes happened. God's like, I want you to go that way. And you're like, God, listen, I, I want to, it's a new day. Father God, direct my steps today. Let me not go to the left or the right. Let me not go before you or behind you. Let me just be, let me just walk in your ways and whatever choices you have for me today, I'll, I'll walk in them. And we're thinking, as long as it's not that. <laughs> so we just like hold back. And so our choices, usually, they tend, to rep, they tend to hark back to things we've relied on in the past. Because maybe they've worked. Maybe they're familiar. Maybe they've helped us out. The problem is that when we go back to the past, we begin to correspond with the past again, begin to communicate with the things of the past again. We begin to, um, I always say this, um, I get quite nostalgic, but you've got to beware of nostalgia. Nostalgia will take you right back to a place you don't want to go sometimes. And so you have this um, communication with the past. And 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Behold, old things have passed away and all things have become new. Behold, I do a new thing. And so we're like, mm, okay. God is, the message is so clear. Don't look back. Don't go back to the past because your trust in me will falter if you go back. You need to keep your eyes on me. And we know the things that used to pull down the kings and the great men in the word. And still today, nothing's changed. Three things, riches, honors, and pleasure. Amen. The three great hindrances to living a successful life of faith. The Bible calls it the lusts of the flesh, the lusts of the eyes, and the pride of life. And we, we, we go back and we rely on certain arms of the flesh to get us through things. Amen? That's what tends to happen. But the Bible tells us not to get carried away with the things of the past. And even new things come along. Has everyone ever heard of the, the scripture that says, don't get carried away with every wind of doctrine? Because the enemy has a plan so that you so that you will falter and not place your trust. He wants to divert your attention onto a new thing. So although we say, oh, well, it must be a good thing if it's a new thing. Meantime, it could be a trap. It could be a snare in our life. Ephesians 4.14 says, we will no longer be infants tossed about by the waves and carried about by every wind of teaching. And the clever cunning of men in their deceitful scheming instead speak the truth in love and grow up into Christ himself who's the head. So once again, another exhortation to develop our personal faith and our trust and develop our prayer and seek the truth for ourselves. That way we will not fall into, error of the, into the errors of the past. And when the schemes come of the, in the present, we will not be snared by them. Amen. You know, there's so many new things going around these days. New opinions. 
The Bible says that there's nothing new underneath the sun. There's so many new things going around, new, new philosophies, new, new, you say new theology, but, you know, a, a, a take or an opinion on, a, on theology, theosophy, philosophy, all of these different things. And sometimes we have itchy ears and we're tempted to give something a go to see if it works. Well, this, I've not had a breakthrough in this situation. I'll give this a try. And that's what the Bible says, that we have, people have itchy ears. But do you know what happens if you scratch an itch long enough? It becomes a scab. You keep on itching. Oh, I want to I wanna hear this. I want to hear that because God's not coming through for me here. I'm going to try something else. Woe betide you try someone that, that is in divination, familiar spirits, outright dem demonic practice. You, you don't know what you're getting into if you don't have the truth, and we need to find out the truth for ourselves. Amen? So we're, we're always eager to find something that will bring us benefit, and these divert us and lead us to compromise. The scabby bit is, is wrong thinking. The scab is error, living in error. Sound judgment goes out the window. And we listen to so many truths that the truth itself escapes us. We get so confused with who we should place our faith and our trust in that we, have, we, we shipwreck our faith completely and we have nothing to hold on to. Amen. We fall, into, if we fall into such delusion that eventually you cannot even embrace the truth. I heard this saying once, um, it's from, does anyone know about the Puritans, the Puritan movement? If, if you don't, please, there's a, there's a couple of volumes that, that, that one of them wrote, a man called William Gurnall. They are eye-opening. They are truly anointed. And I, was, I heard a saying in there, it says that the person that experiences too many quacks will eventually have a hard time trusting the true physician. You've had so many quacks that when you get to the real physician, the real deal, you don't trust. You've been let down by the ways of men and by delusions and for so long. When you do eventually stand face to face with truth, you don't know what to do with it. Amen. So we need a sound mind to enable us to trust in God alone. Don't be double, we, don't, we mustn't be double-minded. The Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Amen. And so a double-minded person will grasp at anything that looks like it will bring them stability. Anything that will bring them hope. Anything that will bring them benefit. Anything that will just relieve the total mess, the chaos that my world is in. I'll take anything, the first, I'll take the first thing that comes along. Perhaps we need a lesson there to be in the right place at the right time. Lord God, give us opportunities to be in the right place at the right time. Amen. And so the rug is pulled out from underneath them. And every time they stand on a foundation other than God's truth and God's word, Woof, the rug is pulled. He fell quite gracefully. Normally, it's a lot more painful than that. <laughs> when, the rug pull, when the rug's pulled out from underneath you, it's sore. Amen. 
And uh, we were having men's meeting recently, and we were talking about the scribe in the Old Testament, Ezra. And he was someone that was one of these people that he was not a great warrior or a, you know, a, a, a highfalutin kind of, is that a, we could say that in Scotland, maybe you all know what it is. He was, he was just an, a humble scribe. But he, was, he stood on the foundation of God's truth and God's word and he would not give it up. But he was keenly aware that he had said lots of things about God. He'd said, the Lord's going to help us. The Lord will help his people. He'll see us through. He'll deliver us. And so one day, the king said to him, okay, you've been in Babylon here for quite a while now. And now... I know that your desire is to go back to Jerusalem. It's a long journey. And um, I want to offer you my horses, my chariots, my soldiers to help you get through bandit country to get back home. Because they were leaving Babylon. The people were leaving Babylon with great riches. Actually, they'd become very, very comfortable in Babylon. It was very nice there. It was great. And, uh, but here's Ezra, he's amongst them. And the king says, you can, oh, let, let me read it in Ezra, 21, Ezra 8, verse 21. There by the Ahava Canal, I gave orders for all of us to fast and to humble ourselves before God. And we prayed that he would give us a safe journey and protect us, our children and our goods as we traveled. For I was ashamed to ask the king for soldiers and horsemen to accompany us and to protect us from enemies along the way. After all, we had already told the king, our God's hand of protection is on all of those who worship him, but his fierce anger rages against those who abandon him. So we fasted and earnestly prayed that our God would take care of us, and he heard our prayer. Amen. Ezra was so confident, had such trust in God, that he would have been ashamed to ask for the king's help. Do you understand what, what that means? Does it mean it's wrong to ask for help? No, it's not always wrong to ask for help. But Ezra knew that there was an opportunity for God's glory. There was an opportunity for God's goodness to be known. And he said, I'm not going to pass up on this opportunity I'm going to stick to, what, stick to my guns, stick to what I believe in. We and our people, we are going, all right? All these people, no warriors. They were all very soft after living in Babylon. They weren't fighters. They were going into bandit country. It was a long desert journey. They had lots of women and children. And they were, could easily have been attacked on the, on the road, robbed and killed and, and all that kind of stuff. And Ezra knew, all I need to do is ask, and he, I will have the king's escort. And as soon as they were marching under the king's flag, not a bandit in that whole territory would have come near them. Because they're like, oh, hang on, we see the flag that they're marching under. We're not going to mess with those guys. But they were marching under a different banner. They're marching under the banner of the Lord God. So they didn't want to march under the wrong banner. Let's not be marching for a long way through a desert through, under the wrong banner. Let's not march through troubled times. Let's not march through 
violent, aggressive, anti-godless, anti-Christian times under the wrong banner. Let's have the right banner above us. There may not be many underneath that banner with you. It might appear that there may not be many under that banner with you, but there are more than you know. And sometimes all we need is our spiritual eyes to be open to see an army of angels which puts chariots and horsemen into pales into insignificance with the armies of the Lord God. Amen. It was a simple decision. Do you take God's help or do you take the king's help? Who do you put your trust in? It would have been easy to say, I'm going to go this way. I'm just going to, you know what? We're not really doing anything wrong because we've got the king's part. You know, the king has blessed, he's giving, given us his blessing. So just because some, some earthly king gives you his blessing, does it mean to say that it has God's, that it's in God's permitted or perfect will? No. And we think, well, you know, we've got to, you know, go with the flow with, with, this person and that person here and, you know, all of it, a time's going to come where we're going to have to stand. Fear not, stand still. Fear not, stand still. Look ahead and say, we're marching under this banner today, guys, no matter what comes against us. Amen. It's easy to talk about God's provision and protection when you're in your Babylon house. Everything is fine. Everything is good. But when you step out of that nice, comfortable, Babylonian little mini-mansion you've had there, you know, remember, by the rivers of Babylon, they all sat down and played music and had a great time. But now they were having the, this is where the rubber meets the road. Amen. This is where the rubber meets the road. And so there was real danger ahead. It was crunch time. So anyway... You can imagine there might have been people there thinking, we'll just, that's fine. They're going to do their own thing. Let's just wait for them to come crawling back. They'll not get, they'll not get a day's journey from here and they'll be set upon and they'll come running back, whatever's left of them, and they'll ask for the king's escort. No, that wasn't in Ezra's mind. When they left, they were going all the way. They were going all the way. If that had been us, what would we have asked for? Do you know what? I need to have a plan B. I need a wee backup plan here because see if this doesn't, God, see if this doesn't work out and need something just as a wee backup plan. And God's, you've got no plan then. You've got no plan. Trust in me and trust in me alone. And I will trust in you alone. And because his mercy follows you, he will lead you home. But too often we rely on the arm of the flesh. We need the backup plan. Amen. Now, there's times where we would be right to accept help. But God, you will have peace about that. We'll have peace about that. There's times when we can cooperate. There's times, but God is sovereign and his people are sovereign. And he wants us to march under his banner and do things his way. We don't compromise to that extent where we say, oh, the truth is now starting to be twisted just a wee bit. We've got to stay with it, with the truth. Not hedge our bets. Amen. So it's the gap between our words and our deeds that's important. And so when we say, 
when we make a proclamation in, in your house, in your workplace, out in the street, and you say, oh, you know, because we, sometimes it just trips off the tongue. How are you doing today? Oh, you know, I'm doing great. You know, God's healing power is working in my life. Are you really trusting for God's healing power to be working in your life? Or is it some, do we just, do we pay lip service to God's deliverance, his power, everything, that, and, but we truly are, just have that seed of doubt in our heart. We don't trust fully. Amen. And so I think that it's the step, it's like the step of faith where it's just one more step when you don't know what's going to happen, you have to take it for God's provision to come through. It's just one more step. And you don't see, it's like that old Indiana Jones movie where the chasm is there and he's like, closes his eyes and he goes like that. And as he takes the step, the next step appears. Sometimes we're like that. We're on, in this chasm. We don't know what to do. God says, just take the next step. Take the next step. So it really is relying on God 100%. Amen? So I want to end with this. Sometimes things are okay to do. Paul said that some things are lawful. They're legal. <laughs> not like you would do anything illegal. They're legal, it's okay to do it, but it's not right for me to do it that way because God's plan over, God's choice for what I must do overrides the law. God's choice for what I must do overrides whether the fact that it's legitimate. It might be legitimate, but it might not be what God wants you to do. Amen? That's what Paul said. He says, you know, I'm not going to receive anything from you. He went on his tours around the churches. He says, when I get to you, I'm not going to receive any money from you or any support because I've already said that my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. And if I do anything other than that, I don't give God the opportunity to get his glory because it's not my glory, it's God's glory. Amen? So, I think we need to just focus on that, meditate on that this week. Let us ask God for wisdom. When do we receive? When do we use what is lawful? And when do we say, no, there is a greater plan at work here. I'm going to go with that. And if you give something up, I can guarantee you will not be any the worse off for taking that option. You will not, you will not be any the worse off. You will not be the loser by saying, I'm going to trust you, Lord. Amen. Anyway, they all got to Jerusalem. That's the end of the story. Ezra and the people, they got safe passage all the way through to Jerusalem. They never came to harm. They didn't need the king's escort. Whatever happened on that road didn't affect them one bit. So it's always worth the sacrifice. It's, he said, let's fast and pray. It's always worth the fast. It's worth the prayer. So with dangerous times, with tough times, with uncertain times approaching, we could all just take a season to get back into the truth of God's word. Build up your faith. Study the truth for yourself. Amen. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit will teach you. He will build you up.
He will reveal the truth to you in a new way. We, we, have, we have elders, mature people, teachers, pastors, prophets. The Word says that the Spirit of God will teach you, but we will only be taught if we're in the Word, in the truth to start off with. We have to be in God's Word first. Amen? So praise God. Be encouraged by that today. Hallelujah. Amen. Thanks for listening. Remember to visit our website, www.bridge-church.com and connect with us via Facebook and Twitter.